Well met, fellow adventurers. We are playing as Sir Crokington. And, checking the scenarios, we've time to visit Balmer at his cabin near Hawklaw. Okay. Leaving, leaving my fancy residence. The Hart Hills, Hawklaw. Balmere's cabin. Visit Balmere's cabin. Set, a, set back against the forest on the outskirts of Hawklaw. At the end of a long, twisting path. Is the cabin of the locally renowned huntsman Balmere. Several stretched deer hides, wolf pelts and bear skins. In different stages of the tanning process. Process a door on a log rack to the left of the cabin's front door. A neatly stacked pile of firewood stands on the white side of the door. A thin stream of smoke rises from the small structure's low chimney. Let's go play a visit to Balmere. Balmere seems quite happy to have your to have company. He welcomes you into a small cabin on the outskirts of the village and offers you a steaming mug of paleo. No doubt you'll be wanting that prize Pilipor set you here to get fetch. Now that was the prize that we got for winning the Hammertong, becoming the Hammertong champion by managing to drink the incredibly powerful and very large Hammertong brew without fainting or spewing or falling over and sitting on a chair for a bit. Yes, news certainly travels with a good bit of speed about these parts, wouldn't you say? Baromir produces a hinged wooden box and flips open the lid to reveal the glimmering blade of a soundly crafted dagger. A small ruby is set into the weapon's hilt. Balmere tells you the dagger is enchanted and was given to him many years back by a spellcaster known as Gorik, who has passed, since passed away. He tells you the dagger will help with your combat prowess and it's extremely valuable. If you can find someone who can afford it, it might fetch a pretty penny. You know, in fact, I think I'm just going to add it to my, my big collection of things in my grand residence. He remarks, of course, it's a decent weapon. So I'm sure you can find some use for it. Alright, we have an enchanted dagger. It's weaponry, it's quite obviously a weaponry stabbing. And as you probably strongly suspected, and as you were just told, it is magical. It boosts your melee rating by one. So, statistically speaking, it's um, not that good. This dagger is made out of one solid piece of metal. A small ruby was set into the centre of the hilt. This weapon was given to you by Balmere, the cousin of Piripor, the tavern keeper in Hawklaw. The blade shimmers from any angle. This weapon is of magical quality. Boromir washes over to check the payload that's boiling on his hearth. He returns momentarily and offers you a mug of the steaming brew. Several mugs of payload Brater decided it's time to bid Boromir farewell, and he politely do so, before leaving his cabin and preparing to set off for Hawklaw.
Okay, has anything new unlocked because of that? Ah, yeah, something else to see Baromir about. Alright, I'll do that. The Southwest, Heart Hills, Baromir, Folklore, Baromir's Cabin. Pay visits about me. Baromir seems quite happy to have company. He welcomes you to his small cabin on the outskirts of the village and offers you a steaming mug of pello. Oh, it's nice to see you, Sir Crookington, he says. Been tossing around any more goblins? Actually, I have. <laughs> it's a noble things you did for the, for the folks in these parts. Aren't many about who'd have dared enter those caves. Let alone confront those nasty creatures. While conversing with Baromir, you find your interest suddenly piqued. Piqued when he makes mention of a treasure that may be hidden away in a nearby cave. Inquire further about the cave and the treasure. Baromir tells you that a nearby cave, known to those in the area as Coven Shield Cave, is said to be home to a bandit horde. Stashed there over a century ago. He says he believes the tales to be true, despite what some say. He warns you the cave is a place of great danger. There's an ornery old ogre who lives in that cave, he says. I'm sure that bit of information does little to scare someone like yourself. But sure kept the folks here away from it, which is probably for the best. Baromir brings up a peculiarly stretched map and lays it across the small table. He points to the location of Coven Shield Cave. You estimate the cave is less than three miles west of his cabin. You'll have no trouble reaching it, he says, stamping his finger at the point on his map, just the point on the map that shows the cave. Take care up that way, though. Not just up there, mind. One should always take care when traipsing through the wild. Location info, Cloven Shield Cave. To reach Cloven Shield Cave, travel to Southwest Tysa, the Heart Hills, Hawklaw, and then to Cloven Shield Cave. Alright. Bamir tells you he's been near Cloven Shield Cave countless times over the years, but he's never dared venture into it. I'm a hunter, not an adventurer, he says with a laugh. Give me a bow, send me into the woods, and you'll have venison to last the winter. But I'll swoon swim the swan and tangle with ogres and the like. And that, my friend, is how it is. Barmir again tells you to take care, should you decide to pay a visit to the cave. He also asks you to give him an account what you'll find inside if you end up exploring it. After a lengthy conversation and several months of paleo, you bid Baromir farewell. You thank him for telling you about the cave before you leave his cabin and prepare to make your way back to Hawklaw. And um, I'm once again told how to get to Coven Shield Cave. Alright, travel. Cloven Shield Cave, it's not yet cleared because we literally dust unlocked it. Visit Cloven Shield Cave. Is it just unlocked? Yeah, yeah, we've got one more clearable dungeon. 
And then there's one more to find from adventuring. And then there's three maps to buy. And then that's all ten of them found. Alright. You stand... I'm, I'm now at Cloven Shield Cave. You're standing at the base of a thorny hillock deep in the forest outside the village of Hawklaw. Before you, at the yearning maw of some great beast, is the shadowy mouth of Cloven Shield Cave. A large rock standing near to the cave mouth closely resembles a cloven shield. Ah, so that's how it got its name. Alright, time to enter the cave. I could rest nearby, I think that I'll either fully restore you or just restore your health, not sure. But there's really no no particular reason to do that, because you can get to Hawklaw in seconds anyway. Well, you, well, the player could get to Hawklaw in seconds. It probably takes a Crokington longer. You're standing, I'm in the cave now. You're standing just inside the mouth of Coven Shield Cave. From the east, the light of the forest splashes into the dark, musty lair, scattering the gloom in long, shaking strands. To the west, the broad cave passage disappears into darkness. Okay, going west. The stench of decay assails your senses as you make your way through the twisting cave passages. This is another one of those... Three words have been chiselled into a flat spot along the eastern wall in this section of the cave passage. Examine the carved words. A short phrase chiselled into the cave wall reads as followed. Tallies was here. Of course he was. He's been everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and it, it changes if you come back. Alright, I've explored uh, I've got to the southwest corner. Now to go north. Alright, there was a little, little alcove in the western side. You're standing at the end of the cave tunnel. Seven old symbols arranged in a horizontal line have been carved into the wall. Due to your proficiency with Arcania. You regularly identify the symbols as pieces to a magical puzzle. I could then solve that with Arcania of level 30 plus. That's a 92% chance of success. Because for some curious reason in this game, the actual difficulty of the challenge doesn't affect your chance of success at all. You could be, you could do a ten plus, you could do something that's a ten plus or a five plus, and you'll be just as likely to succeed. It's a curious thing, but oh well. Use Akania. I guess it does mean that there's always a chance of failure, because sometimes you want to see what happens if you fail. Use Akania thirty plus. You successfully use your Akania skill. You carefully study the seven symbols. After examining them for several minutes, you begin to understand the complex pattern to what is, in a sense, a magical puzzle. Slowly and deliberately, begin to press your fingers into 
symbols in what you hope will prove to be the correct order. Suddenly, 64 experience to Arcania. A low rumbling sound suddenly. A low rumbling suddenly sounds from beyond the wall upon which the symbols were carved. He warily stepped back as, much to astonishment, a large section of the wall, which bears the symbols, slides to the left, revealing a continuation of the passage beyond. It is now possible to continue along the tunnel. But I, but I want to explore the northwest corner first. Allow suddenly an out snort. Immediately proceeds the sudden arrival of a large slate shape in the passage again ahead. You instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance as a hulking ogre, its massive hands gripping the haft of a heavy wooden club, stomps into view. The fearsome creature snarls upon catching sight of you. Continuing to snort, the ogre starts towards you. Well, I can flee or fight. What happens if I try to flee? As you turn to flee from the ogre, a hulking creature swipes at you from behind with his club. Picking a number. Bonus of 39. 20 from body. 10 from luck. 9 from luck. 10, 20 from agility. 10 from body, 9 from luck. Got to get 60 or more. Or I get swatted. Pick now. 96. Success. You nimbly dodge the swipe of the ogre's club as you sprint along the passage, eager to put yourself beyond the range of the hulking ogre's deadly, deadly strikes. After nearly a minute, you manage to outdistance and evade the ogre. Pausing to catch your breath, you suddenly note you're now quite close to the mouth of the cave, which lies just at the end of the passage to the east. Yet we're one square away from the entrance, but... I didn't flee from that ogre... Because I was actually scared of it. I flee from it just to see what would happen if I did. And now I have. Examine the carved words. Nope, still tallies was here. That, that, that might change. Okay. Okay, where, where are you, ogre? Come on, you must be around here somewhere. No, no, that's the card words. Where are you, Ogre? Where could you be? Hanging around in places. Where could you be, you silly Ogre? Alright, I'm going to explore the secret passage now. You reach the end of the Scovora. Start to discover the rotting remains a massive chest resting against the wall. Whereas it once, this must be the treasure that was long ago hidden in the cave. The treasure mentioned you by Valmir. You promptly step forward and peer into the crumbling chest. The chest is filled, filled with all manner of items and valuables, while some of its contents have long since washed away. What is left is indeed a treasure worthy of your attention. You carefully search through the contents of the chest. Alright, it, it's loot. All right, some of it's pretty good. And we'll sell for a pretty penny, an ugly penny, and several other pennies. 
Oh, and 173 gold. Note, take what you want before leaving this location. Once you move, the treasure will vanish. Last, having made, made certain you haven't overlooked anything, you step away from the chest and prepare to set off on your way. Suddenly, you suddenly spot a dark shape lying in the far corner, not far from the chest. A close examination reveals the object to be a wadding leather bag that's filled with gold. One hundred, one thousand, eight hundred and seventy-five gold tokens, which is pretty nice for you know something that took a couple of minutes to do. And even that only took so long because I decided to, you know, waste to pad it out a bit. With the gold now safe in your possession, you take one last look around before turning and head back, heading back south along the passage. Okay. This dungeon is not yet cleared, though. Where, oh, where is the ogre? Ah, here we are. A la suddenly, a loud snort immediately precedes the, the sudden arrival of a large dot, dark shape into the dark passage ahead. You instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance as the hulking ogre, its massive hands gripping the haft of a heavy wooden club, stomps into view. The fearsome creature snarls upon catching sight of you, continuing to snort. The ogre starts towards you. Well, well, we try to flee. Now it's time to fight. You swiftly adopt a combat-ready stance as you prepare to meet the ogre's charge. It's a club-wielding ogre. We can kill or we can subdue. Now, generally, if I'm given the option to subdue, I take it. Unless someone's clearly shown themselves to be the sort of person who will just go right back to doing bad things. And therefore, I am responsible for all the bad things they do if they don't die. I will subdue them. So, subdue. After all, this ogre hasn't... This ogre's been in this cave for years and hasn't hurt anyone, so... I'm just being up because um, um racism, I guess. Because I want to steal its stuff. The ogre swipes at you with its wooden club. I attack with with my well it's a sword this time. It is subdued. Twenty XP. You stand over the defeated ogre. Maintaining a guarded stance as the hulking creature. Soundly battened submission, struggles to draw short, wagged breaths, refusing to take your eyes off the beast. You step back and hurriedly consider your next move. Slowly, with its agonised grunts echoing along the passage, the ogre rises to one knee. You sense your mighty foe no longer has any charge left, any fight left in him. So I can kill the ogre. Or allow the ogre to leave. Obviously if I kill the ogre. It definitely can't hurt anyone else. But there's no evidence it was 
going to hurt anyone else. Because usually ogres usually stay away from people. Because, you know, they're afraid of fire. Um, you know, the tendency for you turn up near humans, you end up dead. Because, the, the, I mean, there are psychopaths and, and there's wound skin, but he's his own thing. He is his own thing entirely. No, no, I'm going to allow the ogre to leave. You're raining your defensive posture as the ogre staggers to its feet and begins backing away along the cave tunnel. At last, only when the creek was approximately a dozen yards from you, does it turn and amble off into the shadows, leaving you alone in the darkness. The fearsome, hulking humanoid that brazenly claimed this cave is well, not particularly brazen, it's an empty cave. You moved in. It's not like, not like someone else was there. It's not like it was clearly in use for anything. Okay, there was that chest, but that chest clearly hasn't been used for sent for decades. Well, will now live out the remainder of its days as a broken beast. When you're certain the ogre is gone for bud, you quickly check over your gear, once again setting off through the gloom. Suddenly, an eerie quiet unexpectedly descends upon Cloven Shield Cave. Now this is pro- this is probably the easiest of the clearable dungeons to do because it's just one fight. Success. You successfully cleared Cloven Shield Clay. Please note, though you managed to clear this dungeon, there may or may not be more left to discover here. So if you can, you, you can if you wish continue to explore Cloven Shield Cave. And it will reset eventually. And 64 experience to general. In a hidden nook in the northern sect of the cave, you discover a large collection of items and valuables. He's in amidst several heaps of re- de- debris and refuse. Alright, I'll just take the good stuff. Ooh, ooh. Oh, there's some unmatched stuff. And 35 gold. Certainly you haven't overlooked anything. You spend the next few moments checking over equipment before once again setting off on your way. Alright, nothing more to do here. Examine the carved words. It now says Tally was here, and so was Sir Croakington. I guess it changed once I defeat, defeated the ogre. Whether I carved that in myself without remembering, maybe I did. Leave the cave. You can rest nearby. You just thought we store your H, your stamina points here, so... If you want a full heal, you got to stroll down to Hawklaw. Right, any, any more events? Return to Baromir's cavern in Hawklaw. Oh, and visit Baromir in his cavern near Hawklaw. Ah, uh, well, I'm going to visit Baromir again. <laughs> Honestly, I keep visiting this guy. Alright, Hawklaw. Baumir's cabin, visit it. Pay a visit to Baumir. Baumir seems quite happy to have your company. 
to have your company. He welcomes you into a small cabin on the outskirts of the village and offers you a steaming mug of paleo. Always nice to see you, Sir Grovington, he says. Been tossing around, and he? Yeah. It was a noble thing you did for quick folks in this part. There aren't many, many, many about who'd have dared confront, who would have, who'd have dared enter those caves, let alone confront those nasty creatures. Baronet politely inquires about Cloven Shield Cave, asking if you'd explored it yet. When you tell him you've explored and cleared the cave, he raises an eyebrow and nods approvingly. That's quite the feat, he says, immediately moving to initiate a shoulder quad. Well done, my friend. Suddenly, Balmir produces a thin, small, thin, grown square and hands it to you. The piece of stone is adorned with several carved symbols on one of its sides. I have a carved stone square. It's got an encumbrance of one. So if it does anything, I want to do it quickly to get my encumbrance back. You were given... Well, wait. Ancient Ardavari they are, by the looks of them, he says, in obvious reference to the carved symbols. More important than that, I know what that little square of stone will open. Okay. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Baromir tells you the small stone square will open a chest that long ago stashed in the cellar of the stone back tavern in Hawklaw. The establishment owned and operated by his cousin Pirapor. I've never told anyone what's in that chest, he says. But, but, he says, but unless I give that stone square to someone, a secret will die with me. You open the, the chest, Sir Grokington. Take what's inside for yourself. It's not much, mind, but it's something somewhat special. He, okay, we continue with the description. He told you that the stone square, which is covered with eight with carved... Symbols of ancient Adivari origin can be used to unlock a chest in the cellar of the stone back tavern in Hawklaw, which will be going soon. Balmy tells you, you should be able to... be able to gain access to the stone back cellar's tavern cellar's enough. If Pyrrhaport won't let you down there, Ah, I don't see why you wouldn't. You could always just sneak down there, he says. The chest is hid away, but don't fret. The stone square will help you find it. You thank Faramir for the bone square and for the opportunity to find and open the chest. He nods and wishes you well on, on the endeavour. After conversing with him some more, you take your leave of the huntsman and step out of the cabin. 
Alright, let's go to Hawklaw. I'm going to save now. We've got some things done. Now all I've got to do is enter the cellar of the Stoneback Tavern. Which I guess we'll do. Alright. Stoneback Tavern. Seek out the tavern cellar. You poke about the tavern, doing your best to avoid Pilipor, who seems particularly occupied with catering to the whims of a table of farmers. And in a back room, find a hatch that covers the entrance to the cellar. Why didn't you? Why didn't you ask? Uh, yeah, I guess you didn't want to bother Pilipor. He's very busy. After lifting the heavy oaken slab. You carefully descend a steep step of wooden steps and find yourself in a dark, musty, but well-ordered maze of crates, barrels and casks. Well, of course, running, running the, running the only pub in Hawklaw, which is probably the premium pub for, not just Hawklaw, but for several outlying hamlets. Well... Well, 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 that takes a lot. That takes a lot of, a lot of stuff. And he probably also runs. He's probably an emergency store for various circumstances, like the whole blizzard in the hills situation. Suddenly, the carved stone, the carved square of stone given to you by Boromir begins to glow. Bright blue aura soon envelops a strange piece, its eerie luminescence scattering the gloom as it slowly spreads out in all directions. After only a few moments, you spot something else glowing on the far side of the cellar. Wasting no time, you move over to investigate the glow. Discover that blue light, identical to that which is, which is now emanating from your stone square, surrounds a large crate that has been pushed up against the wall. A large pile of empty cloth sacks covers the crate. You're certain that if it weren't for the glow now showing through the sacks, you'd have never taken notice of the container. You properly toss the sacks aside, well, very carefully, who knows what's in them, and remove the top of the crate, revealing a, a dark, wood, large wooden chest bathed in, bright, in a bright blue glow. You closely examine the chest and discover a square impression, precisely the size of the piece of stone given to you by Baromir, sent into an iron plate affixed to the top of the lid. Without a second thought, you press the second the square of stone into the impression. The blue glow surrounding the chest immediately, instantly vanishes. As you remove the stone, a sharp click sounds from somewhere inside the chest lid. You're about to attempt to open the chest when the lid suddenly flies open, revealing the content that have long lain hidden inside the magically protected box. Ooh, what could it be? Well, we're going to find out on the next section. The chest contains contains a large quantity of gold, a black, black pouch containing six adventurer tokens. And several other items of interest. 
Alright, I've got 1,232 gold tokens. And those six adventure tokens, which are very, very nice. I'm going to have to think of something to do with them all pretty soon. And here's some very high quality loot. Alright, I'm just going to take all of it, because it's all good. All of it is good. Alright. I'm now very nearly filled up. I'm very nearly fully encumbered now. After making certain you haven't overlooked anything, you close the chest lid and cover the large box with the empty sacks that can... Sacks that previously concealed it. With no desire to linger here any longer than necessary, you promptly make your way out of the cellar. Alright, does, ba ba does Baumir have anything more to say about... About what I found? Fair visits to Baumir. It's not, no, he's not currently at home. Okay, that's that, that series of... Series of series of snows is finished. Now I'm going to sell all the excess loot. I just sold all that stuff we just looted. I've got about sixteen thousand gold, which is very nice. Any other any more events in Hawklaw that I need doing? Let's see. Let's look at the scenario list. There's a church in Hawklaw, but that's pretty. That's a pretty long event. Well, it's not actually long so much as... Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. I'll do that. I've been preparing for it beforehand, anyway. Hawklaw. Time to save again. Alright, to the church. Look at the wooden pews. The pews appears to be little more than rough-hewn wooden slabs laid across blokes of oak. Sit in the pew and pray. Yeah, pray. And then I leave the church. Cause... Alright. Save for a handful of scurrying mice. The church is to investigate the tap door. You make your way over to the hatch and discover that the sturdy wooden hatch is not locked. Access to one to one edge of the door's thick timbers. Timbers is a large iron wing. Pull open the hatch. Now, sometimes when you try to get to the hatch, Tibbin's there to stop you. And, well, you don't want to fight a priest now, do you? So you just you just back off. You pull open the hatch and discover a ladder leading down into the musty cellar. For up there, it's difficult to make out anything in the gloom below. Climb down into the cellar. The cellar beneath the church is cool, dry and nearly empty. Save for a heap of discarded crates and a wooden door set into the far wall, there isn't much to see. Why not search the pile of crates? A thorough search of the heaped crates turns up a leather pouch containing a small quantity of gold. Yay! Twelve gold! Confident you haven't missed anything, you pocket the gold and step back from the stack of, stack of crates. Right, time to investigate the door. As you approach the door, a 
vague sense of uneasiness washes over you. Despite your curiosity, and your, your every sense seems to be warning you that something here isn't right. You inexplicably feel that something both powerful and malevolent is lurking behind the door. Continue towards the door. You're standing before the door. The disquiet you felt as you approach the spot is now much more pronounced. It almost feels as if you're being watched. There is no lock on the wooden door. Then in I go! The door creaks open. Its hinges squeaking slightly. To reveal a small alcove carved into packed earth behind the cellar door, cellar wall. Resting atop the crude wooden podium, the back of the alcove is a large black book. The hideous, earring likeness of the goblin's face is etched onto the tome's wall never cover. All right, weird. As you stand staring, so at this book, your every instinct screams for you to close the door and leave the cellar, but then... But, but you want to see what happens, and so do I. Examine the book. The instant your fingers brush against the cover of the book, a powerful and invisible force abruptly repels your hand. Suddenly, the etched goblin face adorned in the gob... The tome's leather cover begins to move. Your heart skips a beat as the leering visage carved into the cover suddenly meets your horrified gaze. What are you doing? What are you doing here? grumbles the goblin. Close the door and do not return. From the as the etched face faced on the cover swiftly reverts to its original static form. You step back. You dare not take your eyes off the sinister book. You're suddenly filled. Filled with an overwhelming desire to destroy the town. So I have some options. Attack the book. Attempt to speak with the book. Or close the door and move on. I'm going to try to speak with the book. Maybe. Maybe there's nothing sinister going on here. I mean, it's unlikely, but maybe. Attempt to speak with the book. You speak with a tome, hoping the etched goblin's face on its cover will again stir to life. Without warning, an overwhelming sense of despair washes over, over you. The intense wave of emotion is only barely bound to web when a sharp pain tears through the very core of your being, leaving you doubled over in agony. Twelve damage. Bewildered and fearing for your life, you wholly fall Fall away from the book and close the door. Relieved, relieved to survive the unnerving encounter, you swiftly retreat to the far side of the cellar. Okay, okay. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, uh, uh, this book's evil, so it's time to destroy it. Investigate the door, continue through the door, open the door, examine the book. Okay. Let's attack the book. As if having sensed your intentions, the black tome quivers, and a jarring, bone-jarring blast of telekinetic energy slams into you, sending you sprawling into your back. Eight, eight damage. 
scraped and battered, but still alive. You scramble back to your feet. Attack the book! As you leap forward to attack the tome, the sinister book again begins to quiver. Undeterred, you state with stain your assault, inexplicably driven to see the book's demise. This is a sinister tome. And hopefully it won't become my sinister tomb. Begin combat. Now. It has a powerful anti-magic aura. This foe. So it's pretty much useless to use magic on it. The tome projects a powerful telekinetic blast at you. And a powerful blast of telekinetic energy slams into you for 24 damage. So, for a start, I'm going to start with the Finger of Dread. An overpowering sense of dread comes over you as you level the Finger of Bone at your enemy. Your foe takes 142 points of damage. And I take 15 points of damage. Okay, and... Can, can I use it again now? No, I, I have to leave it 10 minutes to recharge. The Goblin Tomb has hoped lower the difficulty of this enemy. From plus 12, was it plus 13, to plus 11. Alright, use a Quickstone 20. A powerful blast of telekinetic energy slams into you. I'm going to pause until I can use the... Until I can use the fingers dread again. Alright. And I've blasted with the wand of... Finger dread again. This time it's 141 damage. And I take 17 damage. Now to... Wait a bit more... For it to recharge for the final of the three shots. And there is the third and final shot. With the finger of dread for another 140 damage. And it disintegrates. The, the three bands around it disintegrate. So to get another three charges. You've got to fight the... You've got to fight that multiplayer demon a lot of times. Which, of course, we can't do now because we're in the middle of battle. But there is another option which we just unlocked. The Wand of Dragonfire. A deafening war fills the air as a powerful breath of fire explodes from the tip of your iron wand. The enemy is consumed by the ravaging flames taking 217 points of damage. Alright, now just, just to bash it. A powerful blast of telekinetic energy slams into your foe. Yeah, this, this foe has a ridiculous amount of health. We're talking thousands. Oh, and I just go into a battle wage, which is very nice. Uh, 
Uh, keep going in the battle rage. Ooh! The blade of your weapon cuts mercilessly into your foe for 23 damage. That's helpful. Okay, I'm down to 50 health. Time to use the quickstone. The quickstone shivers and glows bright. Where does it fully heals you? Alright, just keep bashing. Bash, bash. Go into another battle wage. Doing 21 damage each shot. I mean, it's slow and steady, but we're bringing it down. We're bringing it down. Keep going, keep going. Telecom. Powerful blast of telekinetic energy slams into you for 30 damage. And then another one for 20 damage. Alright, keep going, keep going, keep going. Right, one more. Okay, now I'm down to 45 health. Time to use the quick stone again. Alright, I've got it down to 21% of its health, and it only took, it only took three fingers of dread, a wand of dragon fire, and two quick stone heals. I think if I want to do anything else, I'm going to have to pause a couple of hours for the wand of dragon fire to recharge. And then I'll be able to do it, do it quite a, quite a bash of damage. Maybe up to 300 damage. That might be enough to nearly finish it off. Also, in a few hours, the quickstone will reset. Because this will be an overnight fight. Telekinetic glass for another 26 damage. Telecratic mass for 20 damage. Yeah, just gonna pause it while things recharge. Some time has passed. Time to use the wand of dragon fire again. It does 167 damage. A deafening roar fills the air as a powerful breath of fire explodes from the tip of your iron wand. Your enemy is consumed by the ravaging flames, taking 100. And 67 damage. It's down to 5% of its health left. If I could get a... If I could get a round of, say, battle waves, that probably finish it off. Oh, the blade of your enemy cuts mercilessly into your foe for 9 damage. Down to 2%. 1%. I have slain the foe! Woohoo! Just 14 XP. But also, I fully restore myself. A glutteral snarl wise into the air and echoes throughout the small chamber. As the black tome, his cover no longer adorned with the etched goblin face, suddenly disagreed. Suddenly disagreed into a small heap of fine black dust. You will know death, mortal. This is a low voice, seemingly coming from every direction. The, vo 
The voice fades to a whisper before altogether falling silent. In the immediate wake of the book's destruction, the sense of unease that plagues your mind abruptly departs, replaced by a lingering mix of, fear, of relief and elation. And I get 4,096 experience to general and 312 experience to all skills and powers, which is very nice, but even nicer than that is my stamina points have been permanently increased by one. And that, that's always a nice thing. And that was the hardest fight in the entire game. After making a thorough examination of the alcove, the podium and the black dust, you close the door and move to the far side of the cellar. Alright, let's come out this cellar. And, and, and here is to You make your way over his hatch, only to be startled by the sudden and unexpected appearance of Tibbin, who moves swiftly to intercept you. The rector, who seems keen on keeping you away from the hatch, politely inquires about your recent travels, so you clearly sense he is only interested in getting you, uh, preventing you from getting any closer to your objective. After a few moments of awkward conversation, you ultimately relent and abandon, for now, you attempt to investigate the hatch. Think you should perhaps try again once Tribbin is out of sight. Alright, leave the church. Okay, and that's any other scenarios to do? Let's see, there's Oh, there's three there's the painted peddler, but we, we went now on another guy. Pungan, Tangle, Main, and Talonus, but that costs ATs. Yarrick in the tent maze in the battlegrounds, maybe. Hmm. Anyway, what? Long Summer Inn in Stage. Oh, maybe we'll be doing that next. But either way, that's enough for this episode. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.